Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 11 of the Varosis Clothing Podcast. My name is Graham D, and as always, I'm joined by CJ. How are you, my friend? Machaban. Okay, I don't know where that's from. It's Arabic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good job. I looked it up, to be fair. Well, fair play, though. You know, knowledge is power and all that. Well, you know, if I'm in an Arabic country, then I can greet them. I can't say anything else. I'm not going to order a beer anyway, so that's what I need. Hello. <laughs> well, you know, like I say, knowledge is power, and with power comes great responsibility. Oh, Spider-Man. Oh, that's Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider hyphen, man. Anyway, so uh, yeah, here we are, episode 11. If you uh, have listened to us before, welcome. Thank you for checking out our podcast. To find out more about our clothing, head to virosisclothing.com. On there, you'll find previous editions of our podcast. You'll also find our playlist, which is hosted on Spotify, which has got some really good tunes on it. Follow us on social media, at virosisclothing. Anything that we update obviously goes on there as well, so give us a follow. And this episode, we are celebrating the fact there is a Friday the 13th this month. We have a song by a band called Puncture Wound, who are our 1054 Records featured artist of the month. A track called Necro Insemination from their forthcoming EP, which is called, surprise, surprise, Friday the 13th, part one. Metal. There are 11 films. So, yeah, we've got that coming up for you later on. We have an interview with Explicit Silence from France. And we also have the Draft Relentless feature featuring our favourite horror movie characters in a 3v3 deathmatch. Yeah, that's all That's all coming up. Um, so, you've, you've seen all the Friday 13ths, pal? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, audio podcast. Uh, no, I haven't. I uh, Well, as... We may be aware from previous episodes of this podcast, my horror movie knowledge <laughs> is shallow. Uh, when I say shallow, you can't drown in it, shallow. Refined. <laughs> Refined. Select. Select, yeah. <laughs> Niche. So you've never seen any of the Friday 13th films at all? No. No. So you've missed out on some classic comedy deaths? I have. I have seen uh, some horror movies. I'm aware of some classic deaths. Right. Uh, and I'm aware of some sort of gory deaths in maybe films that aren't considered horror. Okay. So, for example, like I quite like the death in, I think it's Alien Resurrection, where there's like a commander guy, and he's going to have an alien burst out of his stomach, and he, get, he basically gets the villain of the film and puts his head in his, near his stomach. Oh, yes. So the yeah. alien kind of bursts out of the commander guy and into this dude's head. Yeah. And as a kid watching the alien films, I was like, whoa, that's, that's pretty crazy. But otherwise, my classic horror movie knowledge is... Yeah, shallow. Oh, well, I mean, Friday the 13th, the, the great thing about Friday the 13th is you know exactly what you're going to get. I mean, the original, like, <laughs> it's going to sound weird for a modern thing because you don't get franchises in the way that you used to, with especially with horror films. You know, there's like hundreds of all kinds of, of you know, about six Hellraisers, there's like seven or eight uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets, and there are 11 Friday the 13th films. And the first three, there is actually some kind of thread of a storyline. I'm not spoiling it for everybody, but everyone knows in the first one it's his mum. 
for example. And I think it's part five and the new breed where it's actually an imposter. So they kind of like, you know, have some, some storylines. But the, the reason you watch it is just to see like basically this indestructible zombie, if you like, uh, Jason, <laughs> come out the water and just kill people in hilarious ways. My personal favourite is the sleeping bag, where he just picks someone up who's hiding in a sleeping bag and smacks them against a tree. Very, very <laughs> funny. <laughs> That just sounds savage. Um, yeah, and he just, I mean, they are savage and not gory in the sense of like hostile or sore kind of over the top gory. It's, it's, it's bloody because it's a horror film, but it's still funny. You know, I always laugh throughout all the Friday the 13th. And the Freddy versus Jason film had a few comedy deaths as well. So, okay. I have randomly seen Saw 3. Okay. Which had some pretty nauseating moments in it. Mm. Like there's the guy in the twisty machine, which was. Uh, which was pretty grim. Mm, yeah, it was. It was. That, that was pretty grim. Saw sort of seemed to start like this new wave of horror films that, that were just gory for the sake of it. I mean, the Saw films got progressively worse. The first film was extraordinarily clever. Really good. I mean, it was a bit gory, but it was a very clever film and an ending which most people didn't see coming. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a kind of aware of the plot twist. Yeah, yeah. so it was absolutely brilliant. It had a great soundtrack as, as well. And then it got progressively worse. Then along came Hostel, which started badly, tailed off towards the middle. And the less I know at the ending, the better. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And the gore was just like, there were a couple of bits that were really quite sickening. I was really, oh, oh that bit with the kid in the chair and the Achilles. Like, you know, it's, oh, yeah. I've, people uh, who've seen it will know what I mean. That really does make you sort of a bit squeamish. But the storyline was ghastly. It was just terrible frankly and but i think in the last few years we've talked previously about the conjuring films um which have gone back towards more like jump horror you know kind of jump scares not so many big you know sort of comedy deaths but uh you know bringing back that paranormal frightening element which kind of makes you you know jump out your seat it's kind of gone back that way again now which is just quite relieved uh, to say i think the best for like comedy horror was the evil dead series Obviously, number three was a deliberate comedy anyway, Army of Darkness, with the, this is my boomstick and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but the first two are quite funny as well. Uh, I'm, I'm aware there's some quite comedic deaths in like the Final Destination movies. I don't know if they count as <laughs> horror movies. Yeah, yeah. But like, I've seen like there's a guy on like, a gym machine that gets his head like, squished and... I think someone dies with like to like a garage door or something. Like I'm aware of a few. Like I've seen a few memes and stuff. Yeah, they seem reasonably comedic. They are. I mean, the first one, the, the bit where the girl gets hit by the bus, which I completely didn't expect, made me jump. I don't jump a lot of horror films because I've watched an awful lot of them. But that was one bit made me go, "Oh, crikey!" Like that, that jump. and then I started laughing because like she was a bit of an idiot anyway. So you kind of didn't <laughs> mind <laughs> like she just That's walked out right. in front of a bus. That's alright. She's um, an idiot. She yeah. can die. That's another series that started really well and then got progressively. Worse, a template laid out actually by Nightmare on Elm Street uh, films, which I think of all the best deaths ever, Johnny Depp's demise in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street film is possibly one of the greatest horror deaths of all time. Not because it's Johnny Depp, I quite like Johnny Depp, he's a very versatile, brilliant, brilliant actor, but obviously it was his first either his first or second film he was in Platoon as well which came out around the same sort of was time was he in Platoon? he was in Platoon yeah, oh, yeah I have to go back so. and find I didn't realise that yeah I think Platoon might be in 87 and Nightmare on Elm Street was 86 but I would need to, to check that uh, to, but they were his first two films but yeah he, he basically gets sucked into the bed and then just like a, a big kind of gush of gazer of blood comes out and covers the room oh. um, which is yeah but it's done very well and it's very very spectacular nice so yeah cool alright well as we've said already in our draft relentless features, we will get to pick a three versus three horror character deathmatch team, which could be good. So, uh, yeah, stick around for that. Now it's time for the 1054 featured artist, a new band that's been signed to 1054 for 2020, one of several great bands that Pete has signed. 
this is puncture wound and necro insemination. A little bit different to some of the stuff we've had previously. This, this harks back to the days of classic Florida death metal, a la obituary and morbid angel. So something a bit different for you. As I said, the, the forthcoming EP, Friday the 13th, part one, will be out on 1054 later on this year. You can find them on Facebook, puncture wound OSDM, old school death metal. You can find them on Instagram at puncture wound death metal. And you can find them on Twitter at puncture wound DM.
Puncture Wound. That was awesome. Not only is Puncture Wound coming out in 1054, the French band Explicit Silence have in their back catalogue reissued, which includes the awesome False Supremacy, which if you follow our Instagram stories, you will know that I started listening to it about 10 o'clock in the morning and had it on repeat the whole day after discovering it. It's an amazing EP or album, I should say. I want to shout out to Rudy for uh, chatting to me over Instagram. And then I actually got to talk to him about doing an interview for the podcast and he suggested his brother Bruce because his English was a bit better. So I basically say a big shout out to Bruce for coming on. And here is my chat with him now. I'm here with Bruce from Explicit Silence. How are you, my friend? You okay? Uh, thanks very much, Graham. Yeah, hi, everybody. So, yeah, I'm good. Uh, tired of the day because I worked, of course, so a bit tired, but uh, all good. And I just had a one-hour session guitar, so all good. Oh, nice. Is that, do you teach or is that, is that just practicing? No, no, I used to teach uh, when I lived in France. But now, no, it was just, uh, well, rehearsal and recording stuff for the new, new album. Ah, okay. Well, we might come on to that. But before we talk about the future, let's talk about what's gone before. So for yep. someone who's never listened to your music, how would you describe it to them? I think the name, the name of the band is quite uh, a good reference to what we play. So it's explicit silence, meaning that when it's silence, it's really explicit. Uh, we kind of, I would say... It's, uh, I don't really like to put uh, a style on, on the music we play because we've got a lot of influences, you know? Mm. So it can go from a very basic two steps hardcore to more metallic hardcore, some beat down part. And yeah, I would say it's a heavy metal, beat down, grind, hardcore stuff. I would definitely agree with that because uh, that's one of the reasons I think I really like false supremacy. I'm more of a metal fan that's kind of got into hardcore, so I like the metallic sort of side of hardcore more. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what really drew me to your stuff because there are a lot of influences and it really keeps it interesting to listen to. Are there any particular bands that you would cite as your main influences when you write? Yeah, so it's very funny because b- before answering that, uh, in the band, so there are very different influences. For example, my brother is much, so my brother is the drummer. Is much more into nails and napalm death and all these heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, Pierre, the other guitarist, is much more into hardcore, pure hardcore, so terror, madball, and so on. And I would say I'm a mix between both, uh, where I my my life go from nails to Slayer to terror and full blown chaos and everything which which makes you mosh and which nice. which makes you move your head. Is, is what I like. So I mainly, I mainly compose in the band. So now Pierre uh, uh, helps me a lot because well, we, we changed a lot the, the band uh, because we, we were an old band. We started more than 20 years ago. So there were a lot of changes in the band. Uh, the, the main, I would say, uh, person remaining in the band is me. So I started the band a long, long time ago. Then my brother joined. Then we had another guitar, another bass, and another singer. Uh, they left for family reasons, you know, kids and stuff. So we remain my brother uh, and and the the, the singer. 
Then we had some new guys entering, and now it's, it will be a news for you. Uh, the bass and the singer just decided to leave for, well, personal reasons. So we are just in process of really selecting people. So we already well, we received a lot of, uh, I would say, CVs between brackets uh, of people who are quite interested in, in entering the band. So we are now in process of selection, I would say. I'm pleased to hear that you've got a lot of applicants. Yeah, it's, it's going well. No, no worries. No worries. I mean, we're we're still in a very good relationship with the guys. You know, the, the bass just bought a house and has a lot of stuff to do in his house. He's got two kids. He just moved. So he told me, Bruce, I'm sorry. I don't have time. I will not have time. I may have time for some lives, but I will not have time for all the lives. Uh, so to be honest, I mean, I prefer a, a person who will be very... 100% sincere to you and will tell you, okay, I won't be 100% for the band, so I prefer to leave it instead of somebody who will be there 50% and who will do shit because he doesn't have time to practice or or is not interested anymore, or is not, I would say, involved in the band for composition and stuff, you know? So, like you say, you've been a band for a long time. Is lineups and lineup changes like the biggest obstacle that you've had to, to face over the years? So, I think... Lineup, yes and no, because to be honest, we were pretty lucky because each time uh, there were some changes in the in the lineup, we nearly in less than a month, we had already other people entering the band, you know. I would say there are two main pain points. The, one, the first one is to teach the songs to the newcomers, I would say, new joiners, because of course, so I'm the main, uh, I don't like to say that, but the main guy bringing riffs and stuff. So I live in Barcelona. The other guys live in the north of France. So I, well, I'm used to, to work on my own, you know, uh, now so many years. So I'm used to play alone and, and, and rehearsing uh, alone and so on. But for, of course, when the new joiner comes, I need to record all the stuff without the, without the, the lead vocals, you know? So it's just taking all the song once again, the songs once again, recording everything uh then or even recording videos you know to explain the riffs and stuff so it quite yeah it takes some time but it's fine i would say the main pain point is the distance the distance for everything because of course so i don't earn my living playing in explicit silence <laughs> so i work of course uh i work my brother work well everybody in the band works but being away because i've been living here for in spain for 15 years now so i would say it's the main pain point because i have to organize myself for the trips for work i have to organize myself for the trips for the family i have to organize myself for the trips for the band and of course i've got a girlfriend so from time to time she's not very happy <laughs> So I have to ask, because there's been various points in history where it's worked out differently. How do you find being in a band with your brother? I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So it's, it's very funny. I, I, li I like your question because uh, we started, so I play the guitar and he plays the drum. So I started the guitar first. Uh, I used to play tennis for years and years and years. And one day I decided to stop tennis. I wanted to play the guitar. So my brother, my father was like, yeah, hold on. 
are you sure of that? I said, yeah. So to be, to, to just being sure that I was sure of myself, he said, okay, come one summer to work with me. I pay you for that. And if you earn enough money, you can buy your, your guitar. So, okay, good. I worked this summer. I, buy, I, I bought my first guitar and stuff. And my brother was, so my brother is younger, is younger than me, four years. And he always wanted to play drums, always. But from very, very child, I remember that he was always like taking some stuff and like, you know, simulating drum, uh, drumming sessions. So when I arrived at home with my guitar, my father told me, I think we should do something for your brother. Uh, otherwise, he will be jealous. So, so they decided, we, the, I think on the following day or maybe two, two days later, we went to a music shop. And we, we found him a, a drum, I would say, a, I don't even remember the, 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 which drum it was, but just to start and, and having fun, you know. So we really started the band, I would say, in my garage, in my parents' house, like playing stuff such as, I don't know, The Cure and, and Metallica and all this stuff that everybody plays at the very beginning, you know. So at the beginning, it was, it was cool. Then there was this time of a bit of conflict, you know, when, when you don't really know who is doing what in the band and, and, or maybe from time to time, you know, some conflicts because I bring a riff and I want this riff to be played as I imagine it. And he wants maybe the riff to be played as he imagines it. So from time to time, there are some discussions, but to be honest, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And when I am a, an old guy and, and, and we are grandfathers or whatever, it will be very nice to speak about that and the experience. Oh, that's amazing. No, I'm really pleased to hear that. So if you could go back to that time sort of now, what advice would you give yourself? Be patient. Be yeah. patient because I think that, uh, for example, the, um, I don't know if you listen to the other discs that we have. We've got four for the moment. Uh, the one before Fall Supremacy, so Condemned to Struggle. I think we should have waited a bit more because this disc, I mean, people like likes this disc when i listen to it it's not my favorite one you know because i think that we tried to make something quick uh because people were were asking for 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 cd and stuff and i think we made a mistake by recording rapidly we did not have a lot of money anyway so so we did what we could you know with what we had and so we decided to record some some songs that we that were ready and i think we should maybe have taken the time we should have sat together and and discuss song by song which was which one should really be on the cd because according to me there are some songs that does not really represent explicit silence you've got a really solid back catalogue so that's awesome so well done i suppose i should say on that <laughs> <laughs> so as as a guitarist who would you say your major kind of influences in how you play so that's funny because I'm a more technical guitarist. So, I mean, I started the guitar listening to Slash and to Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and all these guys. In terms of band, uh, so I'm I'm a, I'm very fan of Slayer and all these metallic riffs. But in terms of band, the band, according to me, which is the most efficient in terms of live, is Terror. Okay, because they've got the energy. They've got easy songs to to you know to 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 keep in mind, and it's like you know like 
brotherhood and unity and all this stuff. So I don't have really, I would say, an influence in terms of hardcore or metal guitarists, but I've got some reference points, such as, for example, Gary King, Jeff Enman, uh, the two two guys from from Terror. Uh, I love well the the former guitarist from Hatebreed. I don't remember his name. The the huge one with the the bare voice. Uh, and, and these guys, yeah, of course they. You know, for example, Hatebreed is is one of the first CDs, hardcore CDs I bought uh, with you know um, perseverance. No, uh, satisfaction is the end of desire, and then perseverance. And all these stuff, yet of course, are in the in the back of your mind. And when you play the guitar and when you try to find riffs, they are always around here, you know. So that's cool. I want to say that guitarist is called Sean Martin, but I'm not 100 percent certain. I might have to Google that. I and think for... I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, what have you been listening to recently? Recently, um, recently. So, I'm. It depends on the day. It depends on the mood, the mood of the day. So, for example, when I'm kind of quiet, uh, I listen to stuff such as Stick to Your Guns, uh, such as, um, I don't know, what can I tell you, Mad Ball, all this stuff, you know, things which are not very or too aggressive, you know. When I'm very fed up with the world, I go to Nails directly. Because I love Nails. Nails is and Nails, by the way, is the is the um, I would say the, the former guitarist of of Terror. They, this guy built up Terror, you know. Mm. And I love his philosophy of I don't want to be famous. I I make music because I love music. I don't want I don't want to be a star. I'm not a star, and I hate everybody. You know, and I I love this guy for that. Uh, I'm not the, this kind of guy, of course, because I think that it's kind of a role he plays as well. But uh, yeah, Nails is is really cool. And when I really want to relax or whatever, I just listen to something totally different. Um, Pray for Sound, which is more in in the, I would say post hardcore, post rock uh, mood. Um, Caspian and all this stuff, you know, just things to relax. Mm. No, I think it's good to have a variety. I think you can't listen to the same thing over and over again. And I think especially because I, I play guitar and have written stuff for bands. And I think it helps if you listen to a variety of things. You get inspired yeah. by different things, right? And I love rock, for example, you know, Slash or, or all these all these guys, you know, they for for me, if you if you if you ask me, for example, give me a rock guitarist, I will tell you Slash. There are loads and loads and loads of guitarists, but this guy, I remember starting the guitar, trying to play, you know, uh, things from Guns N' Roses and stuff. And I was like, okay, listening to anything that I could find from Slash or videos or whatever, because I started, YouTube did not exist, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I had to find some stuff on internet and try to catch what he was playing. It was complicated, but yeah, no, it was a good influence. What's next for Explicit Silence? I think you mentioned earlier that recording is in the works. How's that going? Yeah, so the good news is that everything is ready. We've got all the um, all the songs 
ready now. We've well, we've got more than the songs that we need. We've got something like 15 or 16. We we will record only 10. So we had already, you know, a meeting session with the guys, taking song by song and say, okay, pros and cons for this one, pros and cons for the other one, and so on. Trying to select a bit, uh, and it's it's complicated because when you like all the songs, it's complicated to say, okay, I don't have enough money to to record uh, during three weeks or one month, so I have to be quick and efficient and select uh, the ones that could really represent the the spirit of the band. So everything is ready. It's been a bit, I would say, on hold due to the, the decisions from the singer and, and the bass. But uh, as I told you, so the singer left us uh, last week for personal reasons and stuff. So on the Friday, we already put, I would say, um, a message on Facebook and Instagram and stuff saying, OK, we are searching for motivated person professional person in the term of people who are uh, ready to work alone at home uh, when we don't, for example, when we don't have any rehearsal session or uh, people who are ready to bring some new ideas because it's always good to have new people to bring some new ideas in order to, you know, to change a little bit the scope of, of what you're playing, you know? Mm. So, uh, and these uh, are so on Friday and we were very surprised because on Friday at three o'clock, I think, we already had something like four guys uh proposing themselves for for a singer and uh three guys for bass so that's we are already in process of we sent already the songs for the for the um, the bass guys uh, to see well i mean i don't like to say that but uh i'm old already now my brother has already we, we're more than 40 you know so i mean if we decide to go on with the band it's because we're really motivated. So I don't want somebody to enter the band just to play bass uh, on the weekend and and drink beers after the gigs, you know? Mm -hmm. I want people who are really motivated, who are really ready to make some sacrifice because, of course, a weekend that you have to leave to go with your band, it's a weekend that you cannot go out with your friends or that you cannot go out with your family or with your girlfriend or with your, your children, I don't know. So if you are really motivated and if you're ready to make this kind of sacrifice, Come, you're welcome. You know, I've been living here for 15 years. 15 years. Uh, I so I don't know how many times I took the the plane. You know, my brother told me, tell me, yeah, we we play in Belgium. I go to Belgium. We play in, in Germany. I go to Germany. We play in France here, there, and so on. I go wherever I need. You know, and I pay my own flights, so I don't ask the band to give me my money back. You know, I decided to leave. I must assume the the consequences. You know, ah, uh, that's amazing. So if people want to check more out about Explicit Silence, where can they find you on social media? So we've got a Facebook, of course. Uh, on Facebook, you, you can find all the, I would say, um, gigs that are coming, uh, upcoming gigs. We put some video sessions, for example, from the studios and stuff, uh, video links from YouTube for from gigs. We are, of course, on YouTube because... Everybody's on YouTube now, so we've got a lot of, you know, well, full gigs on YouTube and stuff. And uh, if somebody's interested in listening to what we play, you you just go on Bandcamp. So www.explicitsilence.bandcamp.com and you can listen to all 
the I would say explicit discography, uh, which is not huge as Slayer, for example. But we've got four discs which are in free. You can you can listen to them freely. No, there's no cost. Okay, well that's awesome. Well, Bruce, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come and speak to me. I really appreciate it. I think I put on my Instagram story that I discovered you guys. Well, I say discovered. I listened to False Supremacy. I think it was at ten o'clock in the morning. And I had it on repeat until that day I left work at six o'clock. So it's an amazing <laughs> album. So anyone who hasn't heard it, please go and check it out. It is completely brilliant. And yeah, I can't say enough. And I'm super excited to hear what happens with new new lineup and of course the new the new record. We've been contacted as well by a, la- a label from Australia, 1054. Yes. So so they they will help us for the for the new disc. So that's great. Our podcast is actually produced in partnership with 1054. We Peter, Peter is amazing. Peter yeah, is really cool. Pete is a really good guy. We're big, big fans. So, yeah, no, thanks again. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Grant. hope you enjoyed that interview i just want to say a massive thank you again to bruce a really really cool guy please check out explicit silence uh, lots of really exciting things coming from them this year and now it's time for this all right mavericks ready to see what you're fighting today the executioners come to town Right, now it's time for the 3 versus 3 Draft Relentless Deathmatch Horror Edition. <laughs> so we have our top 10 horror villains. Do we, we get these from somewhere particular? No, no, I, I compiled this from my own knowledge because I looked in so many websites to try and find the top 10 horror villains, as it were, and there were a lot of, like, rubbish ones. Nice. <laughs> what he said. Um, <laughs> yes, preparation. So yes, we've got uh, top 10 horror villains. Uh, I shall read them out. So if you want to play along at home, you can. So we've got Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Michael Myers from Halloween, Chucky from Child's Play, Pennywise from It, Jigsaw from Saw, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Candyman from the Candyman, uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser, and Kyoko Seike. Is that how you say Kayako Saiki. That's what I said. From The Grudge. <laughs> Cool. All right. So I believe you're going first on this edition. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Crack on. All right. Pick so three v three deathmatch. Well, I've already kind of alluded to the fact that my favourite horror sort of character is probably Jason Voorhees. So I think I'll I'll pick him first. Well, not only because he's indestructible, a zombie, has a great big machete, but he also has the best sound in in horror. I think. Okay. That kick. Sound is just so distinctive, you know. If you hear it anywhere, or you hear it sampled on a, on a record or anything like that, you're like, oh, it's "Jason, that's so cool." I want to watch Friday the Thirteenth now. Quite a few of these have like a signature sound, don't they? They do. I mean, obviously, Freddy's got his like claws with the you know, claws on a chalkboard type thing. And Michael Myers doesn't actually speak at all. He just kind of lumps about in his in his William Shatner mask. Did you know it was actually a William Shatner mask? Do you want Dave's fact of the week? Who's Dave? Who cares? The mask Michael Myers used in the original Halloween was a William Shatner. Uh, nice. Mask. So, there you go. Cool. And that's before he was in Wayne's World. Before he was in Wayne's World, yeah. I love Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World's great. It is. Chucky, I think, just runs around saying silly stuff. Pennywise has got that laugh, hasn't he? The only good thing about, I think, the original It film, Tim Curry as Pennywise was 
tremendous. The film was rubbish, but <laughs> he's brilliant. You know, he's such a standout character. I've not seen the remakes, so I can't comment on, on those. I've, but... I've heard good things from other people I know that are into this kind of thing. Uh, that they're meant to be quite good. Right. I mean, obviously, like a lot of you know of our generation are, are scared of clowns. I know so many people who have fear of clowns because they watched it when they were a kid. Um, so you know parenting 101 Um, (laughs) Leatherface I don't think he has a noise Candyman he's he's special because you have to say his name five times and and, and he appears and you've already said his name twice but I've said it once so if we suddenly mysteriously disappear off air it's because Candyman's appeared could uh, could we counter it by saying Beetlejuice we should we should (laughs) (laughs) why isn't Beetlejuice in the character list I don't know Beetlejuice v Candyman I'd pay to see that Freddy vs. Jason, Beetlejuice vs. Candyman, Alien vs. Predator. There you go, it's a new franchise coming it, it to does. a cinema near you. It does. Pinhead doesn't really have any sounds, but he has loads of cool phrases like, I'll tear your soul apart and stuff no. like that. He's, he's so metal. Yeah. My favourite bit, actually, of, of the Hellraiser franchise is when he's on that kind of block, Hellraiser 3, I think it is, and someone sort of discovers him, not quite sort of put back together, and they go, Jesus Christ! And he goes, not quite. Nice. <laughs> Just brilliant. Nice. So brilliant. Uh, and then Kayako Saiki from The Grudge. I mean, people who are familiar with Japanese horror will know there's that one sound that once you've seen The Grudge, for about a week after you're running around going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> my, my wife can do it better than I can, but it's, yeah, it's just this certain like croaky sound that has, and when you, when you watch the film and you hear it, you're like, oh, she's coming, she's coming. It's it's quite quite terrifying. For, it builds attention nicely. But, yeah, it does, exactly. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, okay, so you're going Jason. Yeah, um, Jason yeah. One. back to the draft. <laughs> back to the draft. Uh, skip to the end. <laughs> yes, Jason Voorhees is my first pick because he's just hard as nails and unkillable unless you put him in the lake. Nice. <laughs> but you're not bringing a lake, so that's fine. Well, we say that. My first pick is I'm taking Jigsaw. Mm. A, because, as I've already said, I have actually seen Saw. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> but also because I like the fact that he's quite clever and I like the fact that he would know or he would figure out somehow that the lake would be a good weapon. I don't know how you'd carry a lake around with you. You know, he's he's pretty, he's a clever dude. He can up with some pretty crazy traps. I'd like to hope he can he can counter some of the uh, other characters you may pick. Mm, he's the mastermind, isn't he? Yeah. He's the Jimmy Mouth of the South. <laughs> wow. <laughs> of, of horror death matches. Go back to the wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Jigsaw first because plus he's got a really cool voice. He does. Yeah. He's, he's like voiceover stuff. Is really cool. Yeah. And I love Billy as well. Is he going to bring Billy? The little, the little, the little puppet? Yeah, the puppet? Yeah, why not? Oh, he's brilliant. Oh, yeah, he's cool. I, that, I had that laugh. Actually, that's another good horror sound is his laugh, Billy's laugh, yeah. which I had as a text tone for quite some time, which used to freak people out because people <laughs> starts laughing. That freaky sound that it makes, which I'm not going to attempt to recreate. Right, well, my second choice has got to be Freddy Krueger. Because Freddy Krueger will step into your dreaming and the rest of the Limp Biscuit song, which I don't know. <laughs> Well, to, you know, to be fair, you know, they, they've paired up before, right, in terms of in various franchises or movies. There's at least one movie, right? There's Freddy vs. Jason film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is which is really good. It's almost like the tag... If we go back to the wrestling, it's almost like when like, Kane and The Undertaker finally got together as a tag team. You're basically uniting two mm. classic people... Absolutely. ...that should already be probably, you know, probably already be together. Absolutely, yeah. And he's just a great character, Freddy. But I think in terms of a death match, obviously he, he'll just knock you out and then invade your dreams. What nice. Jigsaw's having a nap, he'll have Freddy in his head, sort of, sort of, you know, scratching away and. That's well, it. You doomed him when you're alive. Killing him, basically. Do when you're asleep. No, do when you're alive. Do when you're awake. And <laughs> do when you're asleep. That's that's actually quite a scary tactic. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going for all levels. You see, all all of the ethereal planes. All available. planes. Yeah. The all planes team. <laughs> 
Okay, well, I've got kind of the brains of the outfit. I think I need some uh, some muscle, some weight. So I'm going for Leatherface oh. as my second one, just because, you know, he's a massive dude with a chainsaw. With a chainsaw. You don't get more savage and to the point than that. So, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, so hopefully it gives me some balance to my team and he can just uh, chains, chainsaw some people up. Chainsaw is the ultimate... Movie it's like a classic weapon. It isn't is, it? yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of funny as well. Like in all the zombie games, you always go for the chainsaw. You do, you do. <laughs> I, I spend hours playing uh, Left 4 Dead, the Left 4 Dead franchise. I think it's, I think it's Left 4 Dead Two. You get a, a chainsaw, and you could just spin in a circle with the chainsaw, and your screen just gets full of like you know zombie, what half of zombies and and zombie guts and smoke from the chainsaw, and it's it's just endless fun. Nice. And again, being a Gears of War fan, there's a chainsaw on a gun. Ah yes, yeah. so that's always fun. Is that Warhammer thing originally the chainsaw? Uh, thing? Space Marine, Space Marine. Yeah, they, well, they have like chainsaws as a like a sword. But it's like right. a chainsaw, chainsword. There you go. Oh, okay. So kind of, I, I mean, there might be a saw. There might be a saw on a gun somewhere, but uh, Gears is kind of where I immediately go to. Right, no fair play. But you've got to have a chainsaw with with, with zombies and zombie. Obviously, there are so many great zombie games out there. I actually, recently playing World War Z. Uh, they've made a game of the film oh, okay. which I discovered recently that's good fun it's tough it's tough games multiplayer like co-op but it's it's killing zombies what's not to love <laughs> nice I mean I, I should have put like a zombie in as a, as a horror villain but it's a bit generic and, were, and then I didn't want to get into debate with like you know are they infected are they zombies is Romero zombies the real zombies and yeah like there's that. almost like a, a weird zombie debate right what a zombie should do, be able to do yeah well anything that tries to eat you that looks like it's not alive or human ticks the box ticks the box <laughs> <laughs> don't I care don't how fast they run well that's the thing because right? traditionally like a zombie is kind of this slow plodding kind of being right but then you get like I think it's World War Z in the movie they're all pretty fast and they're almost like yeah. They like climb over each other, and they all—they almost like it speeds them up. I think it makes them almost more like. And like Game of Thrones as well. They, when they do zombies, they kind of get faster. Yeah, and that's all down to Twenty Eight Days Later. I mean, the, 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 I mean, George A. Romero is an absolute legend, and like you know, everything he did with that genre was completely fresh. Like in the seventies, like wow, well, going back to Night of the Living Dead in like nineteen sixty whatever it was, and you know, it was really quite quite scary and quite you know, it's black and white. It's just people walking slowly and not seeming to have to die. It was it was crazy, and no explanation. That's the key to most zombie films. Is there's, there's no real explanation as to what's happening. They're just there. And and he he built that whole character brilliantly. And then twenty eight days later came along and went. Well, they're not actually undead; they're infected. So they they made sure it was a different thing. But all of a sudden there was these fast running around zombies who ran at you like you know like a possessed maniac. And then zombie films changed thereafter. So now you tend to get you know the traditionalist versus the you know what they call them infected. I'm doing inverted commas, which you can't see. <laughs> On an audio show. On an audio show. Um, but if there was a sound for it, infected, it, then, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Imagine that, that would completely ruin the uh, horror effect, wouldn't it, if a zombie just turned up like, uh-huh. Well, you've seen Zombieland. Yes. Because um, there, there's an absolutely brilliant crossover. And no one's ever admitted it, it's what I like about it best. In Zombieland ripping off Left 4 Dead 2, there's a particular level in Left 4 Dead 2 there where there are zombie clowns and it's all set in a, a, a theme park. And what happens at the end of Zombieland is exactly what happens in Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, the game. And the weapons are exactly the same as available to Left 4 Dead characters. Identical. Ah. But there's a brilliant bit where, obviously, he smacks that clown and you hear the little... Yeah. That, that, that sound, oh, yeah. uh, which is just brilliant because it does that in the game as well. Oh. And that's just uh, that's absolutely brilliant. I love that film. Twinkies! So, Twinkies! Yeah, Twinkies! Um, <laughs> anyway. We digress. Uh, indeed. Uh, I've read on to your third and final oh, pick. Oh, third and final pick. Well, I think 
you, you've gone with you've gone with a bit of brains and a little bit of brawn. I've gone with unkillable and get you in your sleep. So I think I need to go with someone who's just going to be irritating. So I'm going to pick Chucky oh. from Charles Play, just because it'd be too small for anyone to catch. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to run around stabbing you in the ankle, Ow. <laughs> and making sort of generally sort of quite funny quips and being a little a little terror. No, so he's quite, yeah, he's quite devious, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I've seen various. I couldn't tell you which films, but I've seen various clips. I think there's one where he switches, is it like paintball bullets in a gun or something? Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, he could be a pretty uh, interesting customer. Yeah, he's a little sod, basically. But there's like <laughs> certain sort of comedy uh, elements. So anyone who's a parent will, will watch Chucky and go, yeah, my, my three-year-old is like that. Not murdering people, obviously, but, you know, in, in kind of very sort of silly behaviour. Uh, he, he's great. So I think he'll bring a little bit of a comedy element and a little bit of a, you know, a pain to kill element to my team. Jigsaw, figure that one out. No. Nice. Okay, cool. So for my third one, okay, I'm kind of looking at the list here, trying to decide who to take. Because I'll be honest, some of my knowledge on these remaining characters isn't the best. Would you like to find a friend? I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. <laughs> I'm going to take the name I can't pronounce from The Grudge. Kayako Saiki. That one, thank you. Well, Kayako for sure. Because I kind of like the fact that like I've kind of got like the brains, I've kind of got the direct, and now like she's like the stealth Mm. element of my of my trio that can maybe kind of like yeah fill in fill in the gaps and again i think with the with the stealthy element and maybe some of the uh the cunningness of jigsaw could do some damage she might counter freddie's uh you know sort of sleep maybe i think because she's quite sort of supernatural being essentially a ghost mm, anyone yeah. who doesn't know the, the, the grudge it, it's it's an undead ghost she's a, the classic japanese horror ghost story yeah because she occupies a house right of yeah. someone who's been killed violently is it yeah her yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. By, yeah. by her husband. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, I mean, there's loads of that's, there was a massive trend for Japanese horror films which got remade badly uh, in in America, like Ring and the well, remake was okay actually, to be fair. But um, yeah, it's the vengeful spirit thing. It's just unrelent. It's relentless, unrelenting. Whichever word I choose to edit in that works. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just pure malevolence in, in spirit form. So you know, unkillable. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was a solid third pick now. Yeah, yeah I think it is. A, a <laughs> I found out, I've just found out more than I, uh, than I knew before. Sounds good. Cool. All right, so who's in your team? To recap. So I've got Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and uh, Chucky. Nice. And I've got Jigsaw, Leatherface, and Kayako. There you go. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, hope uh, you enjoyed that. And uh, let us know at Virus's Clothing who you picked for your team. Yeah, and that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded at Purple Gooseberry Studios. Our thanks as ever to James and Sarah for lending us the facility. And wherever you find yourself until the next time we speak to you, always emerge relentless. That's sounded more like Mel B from, uh, from Bo Selector. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> Death metal's not in my calling, is it?